0: B-ball referees and referee rant present to you the foundations of officiating. This is in the same vein as our referee roundtable and our virtual camp, A Camp About a Camp. In it, we go through some of the attributes of what it takes to be a good referee to elevate to the highest levels possible. Our second subject matter, commitment. Another cornerstone of being a good official on and off the court. Be sure to check out at least two drops a week and expect something special up our sleeves. And now... The Tales from the Third Team. Ow. Ow. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of Tales from the Third Team. Ralph the Ref. I'm with Bernard Bowen as we continue Foundations in Officiating. Um, how are you, Bernard? Hey, how are you? I'm good, man. Uh, We had a pretty successful rollout of last week. Of course, you were on episode 182. We got a chance to know your update with the COVID-19 pandemic, and then we started an ambitious endeavor uh, with the Referee Roundtable, and we had our first one. Um, We covered a lot of topics with a lot of up-and-coming officials. Uh, Just talk about how that experience was in organizing it and, and the development of it. Well,
1: I am very proud to say and thank you for all your support and creativity that we have put together and working as partners in this venture. I could not do it without you. So I'm very much appreciated. My brainstorming came to surface and and the vision was there. We took a selective, you know, young group to kick it off with everybody that we sent the invitation to, except for two, came on the call. That was a win-win situation. Everything was on time. Uh, just thinking about how do we actually use this time to become better officials and to get everybody on. And everybody was so professional, showed courtesy and respect to one another, allowed me to navigate through it with their responses have made me, you know, overwhelmed by how I felt about it and looking forward to round table two coming this Thursday. But the, this particular one, as a kickoff was just awesome to hear people speak about their winter. You know, we had some who had just completed an IEVO, uh test, was able to get into some rec ball and work on their mechanics and work on their skills and work on their rules that they learned. We had some that did middle school. We had some that did uh, Catholic and private. We had some varsity officials. So overall, I was totally, totally thankful for the opportunity to uh, put this round table together in a local area. We see a lot of these big, you know, Zoom uh, camps or Zoom networks or referee round table things that are going. But for us to do it in a local, you know, form, to be so responsive and so uh, professional everybody conducted themselves, I am looking forward to it. And I added uh, another 12 people to this This one thing up, and I'm looking forward to that. We're going to have some great topics. Uh, like I said, I, I picked out three topics for the first one, which was uh, how did you do the winter? And then we talked a little bit about the pandemic and what people were doing. And for people to hear themselves just told me how rewarding what we were doing was to let them hear themselves say it and for us to dialogue on it. I think that was just an education within itself. And to know that people were not in the rule book and people were just relaxing. People were not trying to get an advantage. Um, So they heard it. We talked about it, but everything that we did on that round table was done in a positive, you know, frame of mind. And that's what I spoke on when we first got on. And I told them this is going to be something that's always positive thinking, positive reinforcement and positive fulfillment between all of us as referees and, yeah, and the come... last part we talked about was a spring summer where you know we don't know where we're going to be going mm. and like I said everybody was very supportive to listening to ideas of what to do if certain things don't happen where should you go you know what should you be doing and I gave examples of the mirror I gave example of watching games uh, I gave examples of Putting on your referee shirt and walking around the house, you know, type of thing. Blow your whistle. Let your kids critique you. See what your facial expression looks like. So, I thought it went very well. So, thank you for asking. As you can hear my voice, I'm very proud of it the way it went, and I can go on about it. I'm ready to knock this one out of you. Well.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely proud of it too. And you know what I what I come to realize too of, of just making it, and obviously I continuously try to push the envelope every time we do things and, and become even more innovative i hope this serves as a an example as a blueprint of you know little different pockets because i think about those big iabo zooms and, and it's capped off to 500 there's something to be said when you have all of your local referees and they can meet and and i hopefully that this encourages them to start their own zoom meetings with all their local referees to stay connected to at least still think about the game, and of course, that leads us into the thing that we're going to speak on tonight, which is commitment, and you know, I think about today, how we're taping this on Tuesday night, it's about almost 10 o'clock, I had to get this phone call in with you, and you know, I was committed to doing that, and I was also committed to doing all these other podcasts, and you know, the consistency of work with Referee Rant it takes a lot of commitment, especially when you're trying to create something out of nothing, when there's no refereeing involved. And, you know, that's such a major asset. It's such a major component to this refereeing game because it really makes everything separated. It separates the good from the great. It, it separates the great from the elite. And what do you think about uh, commitment? I want to know what your definition is of commitment.
1: Well, commitment to me is is finding something that you know that you want to do, and then understanding some of the parts that it takes to doing it, the dedication, the time, you know, is all part of the commitment of doing one thing that's going to make them happy. If you know that you enjoy your job, you know, it's its more of a commitment to saying, I got to get up, I got to get to my job, and I'm going to make myself in a happy day. You know, as a referee, I think about commitment as involving and being dedicated, you know, to yourself you know, uh, showing others how you make stride, how you have your time management skills, how you communicate, how you think of others, how you learn how to help others. And what what happens with that is others start to see the commitment and you start to believe in how the commitment that you've made to certain things that you're doing, you start to see others looking at you and trying to emulate you. So that means you make more commitments to yourself. And, you, you know, they're looking at you and I We've made a commitment to being in this referee community, like you said, with different venues, different ideas, you know, different venues to 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 go down to create something that we love. We made a commitment to one another, to helping each other, to to developing this basketball community. Others are gonna do the round table, you know. Others are gonna be creative. They're gonna, you know, emulate what we have just started or what we did but we picked it up from somebody else, but we made it local. And when you make it local to more of officials that you see every day, as you're growing up in this referee community, those commitments that we have made is going to be an impact on others to see how we strive to do certain things and all the things that we have put in place and things that we say we want to do and they're following it. It just makes the energy that you put into it more worthwhile, you know, uh, when I think about the obligations that it takes to make a commitment that comes with the commitment, you know, the, 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 the working at it, it makes you you're married to it. You know, you, you make commitments on large, you know, scales of, oh, I'm going to do this. And so how do you work that doing? I made a commitment and I, I, I talk to referees all the time. You made a commitment to, to saying you want to be a referee. What did you do to make that commitment? OK, so you spoke to another referee. And then after you speak to a referee, he tells you about going to a referee class or something. You do a referee class. What are your commitments when you get to that class? You know, and we have some that lose focus. You got some people that are refereeing for money, and we got some people that's refereeing for, for the passion and the love of it. But at the end of the day, while they're doing it, they both got commitment. But how true is a commitment is going to work in that community of true basketball and honesty and professionals. Everybody don't have that integrity. So when you make commitments, make the commitments for the right reasons. You go to a class, you you, you finish the class out. Once you finish that class, the next thing you know, you're going to different you know workshops. Uh, you're working on your craft. You're learning to be, a, you run to the basketball court. I mean, to the baseline, you run to, uh, uh, to the file line, you administer your file, you give your mechanics, you make the commitment to be the best person that's given a mechanic drawing a, a travel violation, drawing a, a jump shot. You know, uh, sometimes you you think about the commitment that you're making for yourself and the jobs that you're doing, especially when you're officiating. Because while you're officiating, all the commitments that you made that you have seen yourself apply during a referee of a game just tells you all the work that you have put into it. You can see it. And that just takes you to the next level of what else can I commit to? So if you be you committed to saying, hey, you know, I'm going to make myself a better official. How? I'm going to look better. I'm going to eat better. Those are all commitments that make you who you are in the basketball community. And, you know, they, people just think of you as a referee while you're refereeing on the court. You're you're referee 24-7. You know, so what do you, what do you say in your commitments? Some of your commitments can be you come home, you eat at a certain time. Some of your commitments be I call my mentor. You know, uh, there's certain things that you turn around and you show yourself that you're committed to getting in the rule book. You're committed to calling your fellow official. You're committed to taking down notes. All of these are commitments that you make yourself uh, a better official. So all I can think about is how. I could show younger officials my commitment, my energy that I put into it, that I can tell them how to become a better official. I'm committed to them. Now I want to see the commitment come out of them. I can see an official right now, you know, who I just told, run to the baseline and wrap the defense. And as I tell him that and I see him run to that baseline, he made a commitment to listen. And we don't take time out to say to ourselves, acknowledge what you're doing. Acknowledge the commitments that you make to yourself and you fulfill. And when people reinforce the things that you made a commitment to do, you want to do more. You want to make more commitments to yourself to become a better official, to become a better person. And the more that you work on how to be committed in the community of basketball, you will always enjoy it. You will always have fun with it, and you will always see growth in it.
0: In terms of commitment, I always find that is you're probably your greatest asset in terms of the referee community and how you serve people. You You just have a deep knack of really committing to people, and sometimes you see things that... Other people don't see in themselves, which is such a great attribute to have in the officiating community, because, you know, sometimes we just pick out diamonds in the roughs and we're not sure how it's going to pan out. But you're always committed towards the very end. And at some point you were an official yourself and you had a sense of commitment. Where do you think you developed that? Was that something that happened to you early on when you started officiating? I would I would sit here and say that I can pick out different people
1: who I admired, who told me the truth about my weight about you can't you can't go out and referee and play. You can't go and be a banker and be a top-notch college or NBA official. So those people, I remember telling me those things, and then I had to make a decision. So that decision and commitment that I made, I have to live by. But I got to live with it and be happy with the decision I made. Mm-hmm. It may not be the decision that somebody else made. So as an official, growing up in the community, acknowledging the fact that I made a commitment to taking care of my family first opposed to refereeing basketball. But now I also learned how to de- take that as a, as a, as to say a plus. And I took that and made a commitment to stay in the game. And if I made the commitment to stay in the game, how would I fit within a timeframe of other things that I was doing? That was developing a business. That was developing being a mentor that was developing seeing other officials, who have the availability or the time that I can help them to get where I didn't go, but I'm still there because I'm living through them. Because when I see them and, and when I see, I see a Kevin Sparrow. I see a Danny Basil. I see a Sean Holder. I see a Arnold Sanders. You understand? I can see a Derek Madry. You understand? I can see a Zach Zarber. You know, if I told Zach one thing and out of everybody else that told him, I could say I, I told him one thing. You know, I can say I sit here and I told Ralph one thing, but at the end of the day, as me making a commitment to myself, I have to look at all of these officials and say they all made a commitment. And that commitment was to be better officials. So it'd be a high school. So it'd be a college. So it be a WNBA. So it'd be an NBA. But everybody has to see it within themselves. To make that commitment, and I chose to do it one way, and, and I'm very proud of the decisions that I've made, and it has helped me to look at other officials and say how much I would love to see them grow and get out of what, out of basketball and the officiating community of it, like I did. And that, and that commitment that I make every day, I don't care who you are, you know, male or female, tall or fat, it doesn't matter. To me, you're an official. How do I motivate you to become a better official? And if you want certain levels that you want to get to, I want to make the commitment to you. So now if I can make a commitment to you, you got to make the commitment to yourself. And if you choose not to, it's okay. I'm still going to be here to communicate with you. But at the end of the day, if you don't fulfill the commitments that needs to get to the next level, what I always tell people, don't blame the other person, blame yourself. And that's where commitment comes in.
0: You know, one of your greatest traits is being uh, magnanimous. And what I mean by that is, you know, sometimes things don't work out. Sometimes you reach out and you really extend yourself and you show a commitment to somebody. And sometimes they don't have that in return. Yet you don't take it personal and you're still willing to work with people. Um, having said that, do you think that the attribute of commitment is something that can be learned, even if somebody has difficulty in finding their footing in commitment? And I'll only say that because... You know, I think in the beginning of my officiating career, especially when I started basketball, it has evolved from something that I wasn't necessarily really committed to, to the point where it's been kind of like my everyday life and and I've become way more committed and it's structured my life. So, you know, having said that, do you think that commitment is something that's innate or do you think it's something that can be learned?
1: I think it's something that can be learned. Uh, The reason why I say that is because everybody has the ability to learn. And everybody wants something, and it, it's just as you would say, hard work gets you there. That means commitment is part of the hard work. And because a person don't make it the first time, doesn't mean that you give up on them. You just, as a mentor, as a leader, as an example, you have to show them that they can still do it. And some most people, I believe, they just want to hear somebody else tell them that they can do it. And 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 because they too choose to sit back and, and get down on themselves, there's another way to get, as you would say, there's another way to skin a cat. There's another way to get another game. Mm. There's another assignment that wants you to work for them. You understand? So don't get, I got, you know, I, you know, I've been to a lot of officials and I speak to a lot of folks and I had a friend, you know, came home and he's like, Hey man, I'm not even getting no college games. I went to all these camps and I said, you know what? Maybe it wasn't for you. And when you show a person a commitment of telling them the truth, they look at it, if they respect you, they look at it in a different line. And if you look at it in a different line, you also look at it as, hey, maybe I can be the best high school official that I can be. Because every person is not going to be a college official. Every person is not going to be an MBA or WMBA official. But you can find your way into something that you've made a commitment to to be fulfilled. And that means, hey, if it's the best high school or JV, you know, if I get a schedule and I'm happy to do it, I'm going to give it to my best ability. The commitment of running up and down the court, the commitment of seeing a file and calling it, the commitment of giving my mechanics so the table can read what I'm saying, those are commitments that you got to make within yourself. So for me, I always look at it, As that individual calls me or talks to me, I always try to give them, where are you? What are you doing that that person's not giving you an opportunity? So if you've done everything, let me put it to you this way. Give give the guy across the street a shot and go to their camp. And if it doesn't work for you, at least you gave it the best foot. But here's some other venues that you can do. Because you love the game, you can do very well. Maybe this side of the street didn't work for you, but the other side of the street might. So the, it's all about motivating, showing people that I'm committed to them as a mentor, a leader, an assigner, a basketball nerd to that, to that community a propitiator. So whatever I can do to make that commitment to show them that I'm here for them, that may be the, the ultimate test that they need to show the commitment to themselves that they, maybe they they realized that they wasn't running back to the baseline all the way. Maybe they would realize that they didn't administer their, to their mechanics to the table in in a in a qualifying way. And maybe somebody else would catch them at the next camp they go to and say, hey, if your hand goes up a little higher, it shows more confidence you blew that whistle. You know, and, or, or your chest is not out and you're not coming to stationary. And whoever the clinician was at the camp that he went to that he got discouraged or she got discouraged at, Maybe they didn't communicate well and, and and something was lost, but you don't give up on a commitment that you feel that you want to and as a mentor and a leader, as I said, you have to instill that into others and hope that they learn that commitment that they made to the officiating community is not lost because they lost out on something that they wanted. You just go harder that's all
0: one thousand percent that's that's a good way to tie into what I was going to say um, you know sometimes you get into those levels and it's, here's a good story that I'd like to share. I remember um, about a year ago, and we found out that you were signing Pro City. I was like, I could do one of those games, right? And you know what you did, Bernard? You stabbed me right in the front. You were like, you're not ready for that. And I was like, really? I'm not? Until I went to the games, I was like, oh, I'm not ready for this. And, you know, I really appreciated that, man, because that was a moment in time where maybe I was flying a little bit too high, close to the sun. I just got back from federations. I met you. I just started referee rent. And, you know, it was one of those things where... that really showed a level of commitment to me that you were going to be straight up with me. And I think that's such an important thing to have somebody that's on your corner that's always going to be straight up with you. Um, But having said that, we want to talk about transgressions of somebody that didn't follow that foundation of commitment. Um, Have you ever been in a situation where you've helped one of these officials and, you know they felt like maybe like 80 percent in they were committed and all of a sudden they kind of fell off and it it just was like kind of detrimental to their situation and also if you have any personal um, situations or scenarios that um, you weren't committed in a certain situation that affected your refereeing career
1: well I don't have anything personal Uh, you know for me I will put it this way I made a decision because I made a commitment to my family so I looked at it it wasn't such a big deal. It's just still commitment. What I had to understand is where my role was as a referee. So as far as I was concerned, a high school game wasn't important to me as much as my job and my family. So my commitment was to my On top of all of that scenarios, I still lived through the game of basketball. I lived through the weekends. I was always booked on Saturday and Sunday. You know, when I tied myself into the lawyers and corporate league, I was repping four nights a week, so I left my corporate America job and walked out of the office at 5 o'clock. I was on my way to a corporate league game, and I did three games at night. So when you think about it, I was still doing what I wanted to do, but not in the limelight of a high school game. And if they had a high school game on a Saturday, I was able to do it. They, I did back in the day. It was Kangaroo Classic. Boys and Girls High School used to have a big you know, league, and you know, St. Pat's had, went out in Brooklyn and – and at that time, you know, I, I would do those on a Saturday, but I did not concern myself as much as I, I, didn't, I didn't beat myself up or I, didn't, I wasn't prepared. I was always prepared, but I had to understand my role and at the time where I was at. But going back to other officials or teaching or mentoring some of those other officials, yeah, I've seen officials get to a point where they get discouraged. And they get discouraged after feeling that they made all the commitments, as I was saying before. And and as you, as they feel that way, it's fine because you feel that. That doesn't mean that somebody else sees it in the same limelight that you see it. And and to a point of recognizing and somebody telling them that in in a professional way, they would have probably got it. The problem is is a lot of people that are in positions of authority or leadership don't always communicate effectively you understand it's sometimes it comes off as very brash to others and I think that officiating is very you know touchy at times uh, you don't want to lose officials but you also want to officials to know the truth and like you use yourself as an example I would not put you someplace that I wouldn't put myself and I think that's the way I tell officials I will never assign you someplace where I wouldn't referee myself,
0: Hmm.
1: you know? And, and if you can do that, that means I made a commitment to you as an, as an assigner to you as an official, because I don't want to hear a commissioner call me up and say, Hey, why you send me this guy? Or why you send me this girl? You know, uh, that person don't know the rules. Why did you send me that? that's a reflection of me. You understand? Uh, So I always have to tell officials, or, well, I try my best to be straightforward all the time, diplomatically, you know, and in a professional way. I take pride in that communication skill. I take pride in making a commitment to them to understanding why they're in the referee community. And I always ask those questions why did you get into it? Why do you want to do it? Are you ready for this? Are you ready to be cursed out by a fan? You know, have you understood the commitment that you made psychologically? that when something happens in that magnitude that you may not like, that you're not going to react in an unprofessional manner. So all of those things you start to talk to officials about. And when you see them, you know, when you see officials showing up to games late, uh, their hair is not combed or they're not groomed or they're not running up and down the court, they've lost some of the desire to being a good official. And, And when you think about that, you want to instill in them that you never know who's watching. And so when you you miss out on the opportunity to showing your commitment to being a good official, that now you're not choosing to be a 80-20, and in that 80-20 moment, somebody may see you and take away some games and not offer you additional games that you feel you, feel you should be expected. Hmm. That's why they say regardless, if it's a middle school game or a college game, rough the game to the best of your ability. Run to the baseline and wrap the defense. Rest when you get to the baseline. You understand? But if you do those type of things and make the commitment, you'll understand that more gains will come your way and all opportunities will always keep coming.
0: Now, with the absence of commitment, do you think you can be a successful if, uh, official? Do you think that's even possible? And what is the ceiling of a, an official that's intermittently committed to the game?
1: I don't think anybody that's not committed is going to make it to their fullest potential because along the lines of a person that's not making a full commitment, a wall is going to come up. And that wall may be the time that it takes you three times as long to get with the position that you're in, that, that wall that came up because of your lack of commitment. It would be so hard to come back because people will not look at you uh, as that person who they expect to be fully committed, fully you know, in, in, engaged in where they are, control of what they're doing, uh, so it is someone who, if they lose that, the only thing as a mentor, if that happens, someone came to me and told me that, that that happened to them, I would have to motivate them. And what I would do personally is I would make phone calls and I would make phone calls and say, I vouch for John Dell. I had a good talk with him. He's going to run from baseline to baseline and he's going to be on time and he's going to look groomed and all of those type of things. I have made those phone calls to a lot of division mm-hmm. one Division three schools or assigners or met with them at camps and got people who were at those camps where I was clinician at myself and got those individuals a second look. And some of those individuals got that second look and
0: understood the commitment that they
1: had to make. They call me to this day to say, thank you.
0: Those are great stories. Um, you know, one thing I, I think that your, your biggest, um, Joy in the game is helping, and I think we're we're united in that front of helping officials and especially the younger officials and up and coming officials that are trying to break into this game. Um, I think it's probably your greatest joy is when you know you give somebody a little bit of piece of advice or a little subtle hint, and they become committed themselves because maybe you've said something very small that really ignited their passion and their commitment. And having said that, if you can highlight any of the most successful stories that you've had of people that committed to the game and it's a runaway success in the officiating game.
1: Well, uh, to be honest, I can't sit here and say one because I'll get yelled at by the other ones, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And it's so many individuals that I've seen them just grow. Uh, it's a list of them. I would just say to me, yes, I enjoy the fact that my commitment, my passion, my love, my connections that I utilize in this basketball community, in this basketball world, uh, is just my enjoyment of seeing someone pop their whistle, make a call, sell that call, show good demeanor, have great tone, you know, good working with a partner. Uh, when I see that in someone or the potential of seeing someone, my commitment is to them to see them succeed. At what I see they enjoy doing it. And whatever it takes, you know, uh, I'm going to help. You brought up a point where, you know, uh, what about an official who fell out of a relationship with you because he did this or he did that? And for me, I always look at it this way. If anybody's going to talk negative about what I do to help someone, that's on them. That's not on me. And for me, I could sit here and tell you 99.9 stories of people who would enjoy talking to me, or I can enjoy talking to them about them growing in the, in the referee community. So when I see someone who may have a, a, as you may say, a hurdle to jump over, or a hurdle that went over between him and I, or uh, her and I, uh, I look at it as, you know what, we get better, you know, and, and hold your head up. You know, uh, maybe I didn't like it, maybe you didn't like it. It wasn't done intentionally, let's move forward. You understand, because at the end of the day, The goal is for you to officiate, and if I have venues that you can work in to work on your craft to get to the bigger dance, come on and dance with me so you can get to the bigger dance and dance all you want. And that's how I feel about the officiating. That's a
0: great way to tie it up. Now, um, in terms of the roundtable that we're going to have, part two, um, just talk about what we can expect from the second uh, drop of the referee roundtable.
1: Well, we're going to be talking about communication, uh, which I think is so important. Uh, Just teaching people the understanding of how to communicate, you know, even from blowing your whistle. You know, here, here's a situation where you get a guy that's six, five, nice frame on his body, in great shape, a lot of muscles popping out of his shirt and all that. He pops his whistle. He gets in the middle of the court and he goes, one, two. You you can't, you can't do that. You have to be able to stand up and you're on camping camera. And when you're on that Canty camera, that same body, that same physique, that same tone have to come out of you and make your presentation. So if I saw somebody that came that way, I would have to try to motivate and teach and let them get in that mirror and start working on that. So I look at it as the communication can come from, you know, a coach didn't like a call. How do you speak to a coach? How do you speak to a player? Why you should not speak to a player? You know, how do you speak to a fan, you know? how you should not speak to a fan. So all of those things I'm going to touch on a little bit. Uh, I think communication doesn't happen just in a game. Communication happens prior to the game and after the game. So, you know, you have a mentor, which is going to be the second segment of that. We're going to be doing mentors and communication. And, you know, sometimes when situations in a game occurs, you can get in your car on the way home and you replay what happened. You may pick up the phone and call your mentor. You may call a fellow official, and you can just share that information with them. Because sometimes you say, I had that call before. This is what I did. This is what I didn't get. So we're going to be talking communication. We're going to be talking about mentors. We have a few plays that we'll actually have to break down uh, and get get the referees engaged. Like I said, I doubled up the number of bodies. My expectation is we should have between 25 and 30 officials on. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. Uh, we're doing something different and, and I think is different because not just because you and I are doing it, but because I feel personal about it and I'm not saying anybody else don't, but just seeing a, more of the local officials who don't attend you know IABO workshops, don't mm-hmm. attend referee camps, do not attend, just to see they have a vehicle now that they can actually do that they're involved in and somebody thought about them to invite them, I think it's a win-win situation. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. And I'm looking forward to it too. And I'm, I'm also looking forward for the continued improvement. And, you know, it's really easy to be committed with this project, um, when we have both similar goals and, and similar passions with, with something that we love. And it's, it's just so great to make this art with you. Um, I thank you, as always, as I do, and I'm looking forward for Part 3 of the Foundations, uh, which will also be special, and I'm also looking forward to recording that roundtable with you and then dropping all of this stuff this week. Is there any final words you want to say before we part ways?
1: I just I thank God every day for our friendship, our introduction, and the commitment that we have made to one another, to uh, this referee community, and coming from different you know venues, different areas, And just seeing us do it is just a reward to the commitment that we have done. And we're doing it. I think we should continue to do it. And I think it's going to be a great, you know, segment to this summer when there is no basketball. And they can go and listen to some of these. And they can say, wow, I'm still in it. That's what I think the commitment that we're making for the future for other officials. And I'm looking forward to continuing doing them. And we got some topics that have come up that's going to be awesome. And, uh, and I know you, you and I also have another, you know, ideas coming up and we we got people asking about it already, but uh, when we pull it out, I think it'll be another excitement. So uh, I'm looking forward to just continuing building what we're doing and the way that we're going about doing it. So thank you for all your support.
0: 1000%. And for Bernard Bowen Sr., this is Ralph, the ref. This is Tales from the Third Team, Foundations of Officiating. We're out of here. Peace. Where's all okay.